Hey, I want to welcome you all to the latest podcast on the Denny Artachi Show. I've got a great guest here, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, we're getting to be pretty good friends. And this guy, um, he's going to talk about different aspects about the real estate market, which, man, this thing, it's been very hot, hasn't it? Yeah, on fire. <laughs> I mean, Market's on fire. Do you, do you see it slowing down? No. Well, in the commercial sector, we'll be a good three to five years on a, on a continual bull run. Yeah. Residential might soften up you yeah. know, in the next 24 months. Uh, but supply and demand is one factor, but then big growth is what really fuels the commercial side, which is what we're in. Well, before we get into that, I think, look, the other thing about you is you're a, you are a highly motivated guy. You came over here, your, your family, humble beginnings, folks. Your family's from Cuba, right? Yeah, yeah. Havana. So you came here... What a twenty-one, I think. Yeah. So my uh, so my grandfather left Cuba in fifty-eight. Okay. Uh, he left an empire there, had a hospital in Havana, and uh, basically the five-dollar story of coming with nothing and starting from scratch, no English, and building an empire is what he did. To make a very long story short. Okay. Um, but we we learned kind of from the the old school way of doing business, where you know if you have a strong work ethic, you can do whatever you want. You know, and if you keep your 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 word golden, you, you hustle, you really can get ahead. So at 21 years old, I started my real estate career. I come from a a family of doctors and um you know they, they so folks let's let's uh, uh let's be candid he started by buying houses that were messed up yeah you learned how to fix them up yeah oh, and yeah. then you flipped them yeah uh and, and that was about 20 years ago right yeah i was yeah i was 21 yeah then, so yeah it was 20 so, years so uh folks this year alex's company will do about a hundred million in sales gross sales so hard work does pay off and you know uh, I love the meeting I attended. What was it, last Friday, the Friday before? Yeah, yeah. Good you sit you. there and you had all these people. And the first thing you talked about is like, look, you've got to have four things every day. Number one, have a vision. Number two, have a plan. Number three, take action. A lot of people miss that part. Yep. Yeah, I know everything, but I'm going to sit back on my couch and, you know, it'll come to me. Um, and then it equals success. Absolutely. So, did you find the first years were pretty, you know, it was a struggle? I mean, how hard was it when you first started doing this? Good question. And you're giving me chills because it's real stuff. It like, is You know real what I mean? Stuff, There's nothing man. scripted. People yet. want to know the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You started with nothing. Yeah. And look, so, <laughs> so, you know, everybody thinks you're crazy until you do it and yeah. then you're successful. And they're like, hey, we always were with you. Where can we you know, do a deal together? <laughs> um, same thing with me. You know, I was 21 years old, self-funded, not a dollar to get started. I, I raised um, money from hard money uh, lenders, Cuban. In, in Miami, 12% interest, 3% upfront, never done the business before. And so now you're raising money and making sure you let them know that you're going to make money. You've never done it before. So, so what very happens, challenging. What happens if you are late on the payment? They come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was a, it, was a, it was a very unique situation. They physically came up, looked at the deal. I yeah. was able to do enough homework to mm -hmm. you know, get, get started and understand the value for them to make money. And then obviously, even though I'm paying 12%, if you buy a deal, good enough, that's where you make your money in real estate. Buying right is what allows you to do well. So I um, told my pops, look, I don't want to be a doctor. 13 years of medical school, 350 to 400 grand in student loans, and then have an insurance company tell you what you can make. It's like not a good business decision. So um, stuck with it. And uh, the first house was 13 dogs, two cats. <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly house. A real ugly house. Um, folks, Alex does all right. He's, he's a, a, sh a humble guy. But trust me, he does all right. He's not hurting for money, but he wakes up every day pushing the envelope. 
your wife has her own business as well. Yeah, yeah. So she does her thing as well and helps you with the business. Sweetheart of a lady. You Absolutely. guys have a great family, and uh, I love that. So so let's talk about real estate. It, You know, one of the things that we're partnering up with is a lot of people want to sell, but they don't want to pay the taxes on the commercial real estate properties. Correct. So, you know, uh, we're, through our partnership, we find them 1031 exchanges. Absolutely. Or opportunity zones. Yeah. Now, the thing that's interesting about what you do, what is that saying, right? Uh, <laughs> they always think it can't be done until it's done, right? That's right. So, yep. I, you know, I've had realtors call me for my properties, and they always say, let me list it, let me list it. And I say, no, if you have a buyer and wants to give me X amount, then I'll sell it. And and they walk away. They leave money on the table. You don't do that. No way. You yeah. have clients because, look, I'm not bashing realtors. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to make a living like everybody else. Sure. But I think it's the path of least resistance by just having a bunch of listings. You promise the world to the clients, and then you go into the witness protection program until it's <laughs> yeah. sold. Yeah. You, on the other hand, say, hey, you know what? We won't list it, and we'll do a private deal. Now, when you do that, you can charge more than 6% because Absolutely. you're bringing value to the table. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's why, is that what motivated you to start that? 100%. So, so you know, <laughs> the value we bring to a deal is, yeah. is the full package. So every firm is a little different. Um, it, what we do is we bring to our client, yeah. what's your exit? You know, what are you going to do with this money? Have you thought of that first? And we start asking questions to really understand the seller's position. Right. That allows you to bring more value because then I can say, listen, I have a guy, you know, like Denny that can help you with the tax side of this. We've got really good attorneys. We've got good land developed guys, you know. And so by putting the package together, we're an all-in-one, and then we command our fee based on the value we bring. So the 6% is no longer part of the equation because if we're telling a seller, hey, right. you want a million too, I'll get you your million too. <laughs> we'll put fee on top of it, but we're bringing the whole package for you to make sure that we're taking care of the client. If you do that sincerely, you make much more money and you've really done the good by and, the client. And, and there's, there's no law against it. That's right. But if you list it, now you have to cap it at the 6%. Yeah, if, if you list it, it's, it's specified on your agreement with the that seller. Six, right. um, we do fee agreements that are specifying what we'll do above their net uh, sales price, mm-hmm. and and that's fair and square. It's something that um, it, it just it works, and it allows us to make as much money as we can while making the client as much money. You know, so it's a very fair situation. I think that's great because I think you told me that uh, you produced quickly, and then when they saw what you were making, they were like, "Wait a minute, I want more." And then you're like, "Well, wait a minute, I got you what you wanted. Yeah, why should I make more? I'm I gave you the value. Right, because exactly. it it took you a while to build that." client base of buyers absolutely you didn't get it overnight 17 years in the commercial so uh the name of your company is rt rt commercial real estate okay uh, out of port st Lucie. what's the phone number there um, the office number is uh, 772-333-2338 okay Um, you have a a website as well actually 2358 uh is the office line website is rt-cre.com and um, we're in Port St. Lucie now, been in the business for the last 17 years in the commercial space. Nice. Before my firm, I was uh, with another firm. And uh, we buy, but we also develop property. We buy property in the commercial world. Um, so we're, you know, clients that, the clients we have, we relate to on a level that we're also doing business with. And we also own that space in certain areas. So we have a good commonality. Now, I also love your office Man, you're like the Starbucks of real estate, right? <laughs> yeah. You walk in, the decor is beautiful. 
Thank you. As wife, you've got music playing in the background. It's like, oh wow, hey, I, I want to buy something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but your office and your staff, uh, I think that's very important. It really is. I agree. Because 100%. as soon as they come in, they're already in a certain mood. You have the yeah. music playing. You, I like your furniture, your setup. Your wife, she gets credit for this. Yeah, she decorated okay. everything, and she's the <laughs> so, best. Uh, yes, uh, and she's. Uh, highly motivated as well. Yeah, so absolutely. I think it's very important. So that's on a commercial side. What about, do you do private deals on a residential as well? Residential, if we're packaging multiple deals, like a portfolio deals, yeah. we will. Um, we're launching my construction division this year. So I've had my CBC license since 2005. Uh, we're running RT Construction this year. Just have the right people, and finally we can capture the business uh, on the commercial side. But also we're going to tap into some residential in the form of townhome uh, development type projects. And so we will do some residential in that space. Oh, so uh, you'll start a project from spec or scratch yeah. and build it yes. and then find the buyers after that. Correct. And, and then, you'll fund it yourself? or are Yeah, you looking... we'll fund and we'll syndicate. So we'll bring in other uh, partners okay. that, let's say, they don't want to take on a complete project, but they want to put equity in and have shared equity on, on the exit. So when we sell out, they could have a nice return at the end. If they want to stay in the deal and we retain any units, they can also you know keep that positive cash flow and appreciation. So uh, we're just building strategic uh, relationships and partnerships okay. so that we can keep growing from all you know all avenues. Constantly expanding. So, yeah. so I guess, I mean, you probably don't do many individual residential homes because you're you're putting packages together for the most part. Yeah. Um, any. Um, any advice for people who are maybe thinking about selling? Because here's the thing. I thought about selling. I had many offers. But yeah. then what am I going to do? I'm going to move into an area and pay more for a house that is and is not in the same area as mine. What would you say to people that say, wow, it's so hot. Let me take advantage of it and sell. Do you think it's a good idea or, or not? It's tough because you're, you know, selling high and then buying right. high. That's right. the challenge. If you're fortunate where you, let's say, have land that you're going to go mm -hmm. ahead, you bought right and you're going to build your house. Um, I would say that build your house and now you've already secured your next location. Cash out on that. And if you've homesteaded the property, obviously, that's a good yes. tax benefit. Tax-free money is always what we want. And right. Denny, you can help everybody with that part, <laughs> 100%. Um, so with, with that said, you know, if you're going to sell in a high market, the, the, the strategy would be to figure out to either leverage that profit into multiple deals so that, you know, maybe you can leverage up. Um, or if you have to maybe strategically refi it, maybe that's another play. Um, but selling high, buying high is a tough one. So I, um, I'd always say it's based on the individual situation. Well, here's the other thing. Clients ask me all the time because I'm a true fiduciary. I, I'm a holistic, I use a holistic approach. When they ask me about real estate and things, uh, I say real estate is great if you know what you're doing because think about it. You can you can make 10 to 15 percent a year buying the right properties and i've got to tell you uh contrary to what the last two years have shown in the market that's kind of hard to do in the stock market on a consistent level it's true now there's different forms of risk right sure uh on a commercial property you better you better buy right right but you just so funny you uh, you at your meeting, you were talking about buying ugly ducking ducklings. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. More My money. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that is the oh, favorite, yeah. right? Because people think, oh, I want to buy this shopping center because it's shiny and it looks great, and my friends will love it, but they may only make four or five percent return, where what you call an ugly duckling may give them ten to twelve percent, 
because uh, the tenants are there, and as they fix it up, they'll be able to sell it for more money. Exactly. So real quick, live yeah. uh, kind of example, real <laughs> yeah. life stuff. So what I talk about is real stuff that we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I have a client of mine, husband and wife, physician, um, retired doctor, and they had a medical building in my area, Port St. Lucie. Okay. Sold it by the hospital. It was right around 800 grand. And now it's time to go shop 1031 money to another building. Well, they have owned that building for seven, eight years. So that's what they know and what they like. So okay. what do you want to buy? They said, we want to go to Stewart and, and have a shiny office building as well. I said, you realize that's about a 5% return and shiny buildings, much more expensive. I said, look, go do your thing. Take a look at the market. When you're done, call me and I'll show you an ugly duckling that you're going to think you don't want to even get out of the car anymore. You know, wifey's going to stay in the car and say, forget it. Let's go home. Right. So they went, took a look, yeah. looked at the ugly duck or the, the beautiful shiny building, 5% return in Stewart. And they're like, Alex, these are so expensive. What happened? I said, the market changed. You're fighting now in an area where low returns, shiny building. Let's find the shiny deal. And so at that point, I was able to take them to an area in Port St. Lucie, ugly Biltmore property, a warehouse that needed a lot of work, but it had an upside. The tenants were there a long time, never been raised on the rents. Um, there was some deferred maintenance. Long story short, to this day, if we sat them here, they will hug you and me, probably give us both a kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're so happy <laughs> that I was able to guide them because they got 8% on that deal. The building's already worth another three, 400 grand of equity for them since they bought it with me. And so they're extreme. Now they're hunting for the ugly ducklings because the beauty of the deal, not the shiny outside of the, right. you know, the way it looks at a low return. So you know, I'm curious, not that, uh, and it's not really taking money away from me as a, as a retirement planner, because I mostly do equities, uh, different things like that. But what if somebody said, you know, I just don't like the market. I'd like to try and get into commercial real estate. What would they need as a minimum to maybe get into it? Or could they finance it and make it work? Good question. So a couple things. Um, let's say someone isn't working with much capital, but they yeah. have a ton of equity in their house. Okay. You know, money's In their cheap. residential house. Right, correct. Okay. There's a lot of people sitting on equity. That money's sitting in their walls, and that could be a hundred grand that's sitting there that they don't have, and they're working every day. Explore the bank to do a cash-out refi. If you really want to be serious, get into the business, you don't have any money. That's free money. Not free money, but right, right. You're paying, interest rates are low enough right. that even under 4%, you know, that's that's a pretty good amount of chunk to have to work with at 4% to then but go make yourself But what could a person buy. get into for like a couple hundred thousand? 100K, you know, it's... um. Things are becoming more expensive across the board. Yes, exactly. So in a deal that someone has... And this is has, Florida, folks. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, maybe in the Midwest or other parts... I mean, Ohio, you can still buy a house for like sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. Yep. But... You know, commercial and other things are going to be less expensive too. But speaking in Florida, yeah, what could they, how, what could they do with maybe a couple hundred thousand, like you say? So, so I would recommend looking into. Um, you could do some industrial condos. Start there. You know, those range anywhere from you know three hundred k. There's some in my market in that range. Getting finance pretty easy, especially with a hundred grand down. You'll get favorable terms as long as the person's credit is decent. Uh, they could start there and at least get their foot wet, get right. in the door, capture some cash flow, understand the mechanics from a tenant and how you you know deal. But they with would the space. buy something that already has tenants, obviously. Um, I like I like dealing de buying deals that don't have a tenant or have oh. a tenant that's been there on a month to month for many years because that's where we discover more value. So if somebody's been in that unit for ten years and they're on the ten year rate many long you know many years ago, oh I see. We can buy that now and bring it to now rates, which creates more cash flow. So even though they're paying let's say two three hundred k for the unit, 
and, and they have a low performing tenant in terms of the rent, they could increase that. They won't hurt the tenant, but the tenant will make a decision, you know, hey, do I stay or do I want to move? And if they don't move, we have tenants that we would place there that'll pay, you know, now market rents. So they've just now created more value on a space that is underperforming on but a now, lower scale. But now they've got to manage and be a landlord, which not everybody wants to do that. That's true. It's <laughs> so, not all roses, you know? but it just right. depends. Unless, uh, unless they're buying pieces of land and... Uh, so really, your your niche is the commercial market. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, doing this now, like I said, last seventeen years, I started buying and selling ugly houses, um, land, tax deed properties, okay. pre foreclosure stuff, and then transitioned from there to a friend of mine in his commercial firm many years ago, and um, we killed. You know, we took down a lot of deals, grew from there, opened my firm, and now uh, expanding more into development. You know, acquiring more deals, and then just doing bigger deals. Like now, we're focusing on. You know, things north of 20, 20 million. The oh, biggest wow. deal we're working on is 45 million up north in uh, Osceola County. And we're all over Florida. So the private stuff is the exciting yeah. stuff. Listen, you know? folks, if you're interested, I recommend you call Alex's office line. What, what is the number again? Yeah, that's uh, 772-333-2358. And it's RT Commercial Real Estate out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. Now, it's interesting because you have private deals, but on the other side... I have institutional deals for people that, because a lot of times finding the exact amount on a 1031 can be challenging. Yeah. So if you're short a few hundred thousand or a mil or whatever it is, then that's where my teams and, 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 and you know my relationships come in, where they could invest in an institutionally managed, maybe an Amazon shopping center or, or a high-end rental in, in, in the, uh, South Carolina or our storefront in, in New York City. There's all kinds of ways, but I really love that you're focusing on Florida. You know it well. Yeah. You, you're basically covering Martin, St. Lucie County. Yeah. Like those two counties alone keep you busy. Oh, yeah, especially St. Lucie. Fort Pierce is our strongest market, and it's where the highest yeah. amount of growth is. You know, it's funny because Fort Pierce gets a bad rap. You know, I, know. I remember when I was yeah. in a service... Um, God, we're, we're speaking way back, man. I'm a lot older than you, okay? No, no, no. And I'm watching, uh, this was like 1985, I believe. I was still in basic, and they had a special in Fort Pierce. It, it, it was about, you know, crack cocaine, wow. right? Oh, it's it's out of control in the country. And in Fort Pierce, it's booming. <laughs> so I think, unfortunately, they still remember, but Fort Pierce downtown is beautiful. Yeah. It is so much like... There's a lot of uh, commercial fishermen. The waterways in Fort Pierce are amazing. Yeah. Emerald but blue But you green. would never think about it, yeah. right? So yeah. this is what I mean by, but how did you get all these, and if people want to call into your office from everywhere, because we're going to, this is going to be out in the world. So we're going to awesome. be on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, and uh, I forget all of them, but they'll be able to call if they're interested in the commercial things that you do. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be in your hometown. Someone could be living in another state and they want to take advantage of your niche sure. that you find in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere in the state of Florida, we, we typically do deals. It's so funny because, unfortunately, a lot of people like to limit. They go, well, I want to be able to reach out and touch it. That limits you. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, for my money, I want to know that it's institutionally managed, uh, I get my mailbox money, I can yep. defer the taxes, and I'm not in charge of anything except receiving the funds from time to time. Cash flow. So uh, if you're interested, I would call in on the commercial side. So you think commercially we're still going to have another run for five. It doesn't matter that the Ukraine situation or uh, 
you know, rent interest rates, we're going to have a few hikes. Correct. But yeah. still, historically speaking, it's they're giving money away. Yeah. Anytime you could get something for less than 6% historically. Yep. Is we're, unbelievable. Or 19% like in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, you remember that, huh? Yeah. Uh, but that's the commercial. What about residential? That That's a tricky space because, again, if you're going to sell, where are you going to move to if you're sure. going to take the equity in your house? Yeah, so the the um, affordable housing sector is one of the hottest sectors right now that really? I'm seeing. And there's a little transition happening from there, meaning there's a huge demand for affordable housing. Okay. There's a tiny home space that's actually starting to pop up. Kind of a unique situation where it's like the affordable housing is starting to become additionally affordable <laughs> by creating these smaller <laughs> tiny house communities. Really? There's one actually uh, in progress going up in our market they're going to explore with. But what's happening is by the prices continually increasing as quickly as they are, some of the people that are, let's say, under $500,000 of purchase power, mm -hmm. they're being affected because they can't really afford you know, that increased price. So what do you do with those people? And there's other people Well, that paying. brings me to another question. It's not still crazy where, what do they call that when you have a certain price? And then people are are bidding up on it above ask. Yeah, they're they're. No, there was above a certain ask. term that. But is that still going on? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really above ask twenty k above ask. We, no, we're, we're not commercial. I'm talking about residential. Yeah, it's happening. So every it's day. still happening. Yep. Uh, okay. It's, it's crazy, but it's I, happening. I told this realtor a stupid price of my home, and she came back in three hours and went, "Okay." Yeah. And I went, "No, no, no I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean." I was only kidding. She goes, what do you mean? Do you want to sell it or not? Yeah. I go, no. Yeah. I, I just threw it out there. Yeah. So it's still happening. A client called me yesterday. I, I swear to you, this guy, super nice guy. He right. owns a building where, where I own uh, one of my buildings in Port St. Lucie, Village Green Drive. He's like, Alex, listen, you know, it's been a while. I really, is is it now time? Because he's always wanted he's always wanted a crazy number. Okay. I told him, I said, Harry, your crazy number is finally real. Are you ready? He's like, let's go. He's excited. Really? Because so, he always was priced so high okay. that it was not a reasonable. And we won't do deals with clients. We're different, meaning we're in the selling business, not the listing business. If I'm listing your property and we're sitting with the sign and telling you everything you want to hear, right. it does you no good to make money. It does us no good because our time is our most valuable asset. So we take on deals that we know we can sell. Yeah, we I tell like the that. owner the truth. Be yeah. straightforward. If you feel it's worth $10 million, that's great for you, but it'll sell at five. If we can come to term there, I'll get it sold for you. But we're, we're just honest. We take a different approach. I really love the honesty that you have because you know you told me about a couple of commercial deals that came up that they had a certain number and you said I would love to give it to you but it's not going to happen here's yeah. where we are so you didn't bother listing it nope. we we'll leave the door you're open because you're in the moving business yeah. not the storage business absolutely i love that but here's yeah. the deal you know unfortunately a lot of people like to pick from hanging fruit and they like to do the least amount and make the most amount yeah you're yeah. the opposite. When we met finally at your office, it was a Friday, and we were so we looked at our oh my god, engaged. It's, it's, it's like eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock. <laughs> what what are we doing? We just met at four thirty, yeah, yeah. and we were so engaged in yeah. everything that we were doing. Loved it. And and th see, that's the problem. And again, I'm not trying to. There's a lot of realtors who work hard, but they, if they approached it like you, I think they would make more sales. But they can't unless they have the buyers like you do. Sure. It took yeah. you a long time to find the buyers. Yeah, it did. So that's why you don't list. There's yeah. no need to list. No, it's true. 
We're here to do deals and get it sold at the right number. You know? Do yeah? they hate you, other realtors? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if we don't have some haters, then maybe we're not doing something right. It's all good for us. We have good relationships, and yeah. you know, we're here. We're here to make money. You know, we're here to make our client money and make us money. Okay. We're not. We're not playing. You know, um, sometimes you'll see where a, a realtor or someone in the even in commercial space sometimes will tell the client everything they want to hear. Okay. You know, yes, it's worth $10 million. Yes, it, it's going to be sold in a month. Yes, 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 just sign here. <laughs> just sign here. A year and a half later. I'm going to go on sitting, vacation, right? and when you sell it, <laughs> I'm going to be on the beach making my commission, okay? <laughs> so a year later, it's not sold, nothing's happening. Yeah, that, and they're see, like, what's going on, that guy? That part never made sense to yeah. me. I've owned a few homes, uh, and I believe me, I'm not savvy in real estate at all. But I, that part always bothered me. People yeah. want to just listen. No, I don't want. Because the other thing, too, is the whole tire kicking show. Where yeah. people come in and they look around and then they ask you stupid questions like, so why are you selling this, Alex? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, uh, none of your business. Do you want to buy it or not? What, what? So then you have to be outside of the house because, you know, they ask you silly questions like that. But serious buyers, they don't like to dilly-dally. They don't like to kick the can around. Yeah. And and that that you know I don't know how how much further it's going to continue. Now, I know you paint a great picture. You've worked very hard, but tell me about some of the lean times that you had to go through to reinvent yourself. Because I know in the last twenty years, sure, you yeah. you went through a few. Yeah. So um, I can remember uh, remember I was buying and selling property yeah. and uh, as a kid, and then I held assets. So I held. <laughs> I had four condos at the same time I was holding and the, the group didn't uh, care much for me because I was younger and I wasn't going to, no offense, uh, you know, be old and die in that community. And I was buying as an investor and putting tenants and the, the group didn't really like that. And so okay. um, I kept it where I started changing the market because at that point, that was when Lehman Brothers, all the stuff crashed. Oh, in 08. Yeah. So I, I had condos that I was okay. renting, uh, they, uh, like 1,100 a month condos, two bedroom, two bath. The guys from Miami and all over built all these spec homes, if you remember. And those spec homes are now competing against my two bedroom condos for the same. They dropped the yeah, rent. Yeah, listen, 1,000 a month uh, 14 years ago was yeah. high rent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. And so now what do I do? These guys with these brand new 3-2 uh, spec homes, they'll charge $800, just put a body in to cover their debt service because they built so many so fast. Well, what happens with my one bedroom, my two bedroom, two bath <laughs> units? I recreated that market to be able to compete by changing all of those into rent to own lease options. Okay. So I told my client, my uh, tenants, listen, you put in a deposit that's non-refundable. I'm going to give you credit towards your rent. You have the option to buy it within three to five years, but now you're taking an ownership position. That was killer. And whoever's doing new residential, do that. You'll never want to be a landlord and you have no phone calls because you've changed the roles to put it on the tenant. It's a tenant buyer. So now if they fix the property up, it's at their expense. It stays with the property. And when they cash well, you out. Well, I've heard of that. They call rent with an option to buy. Yes. Right? That's yes. the same thing. Lease option, rent to own. And so by doing that, I preserved all four units and I didn't take a hit. But after that, going further into it, even the people that were in that uh, those units couldn't afford it. They had to go. And so then that was when you call it the gray, you know, uh, downtimes. Sure. What I did was I pivoted into uh, corporate America. I did Medicare 
um, advantage in the in the in the salary plus commission. Hated it. Oh, you sold that Ro- really? Yeah, I did. I was doing that um, because your your business was at, was at a standstill. It, my passion is real estate, you know, yeah. and so I was doing what I had to do to take care of the family. Right. I hated it, but I did what I had to do, and then by doing that, in our family, we're kind of overachievers. Raised <laughs> to one number one sales in that in that space, was able to get all kinds of you know awards and things, and that was that was cool. But it wasn't my passion. You know, if you do what you love. It's not work when you go. Like we were talking and joking and all that. It yeah. was because I loved it. I didn't even look at the eight o'clock. Right, it was it's just, true. You know, it's like ice cream. I, so it's like good stuff. You know. I leave here sometimes around eight o'clock too because you know I think of certain things when you're an entrepreneur when you work for yourself. People think they they would love that until they realize the hours you put in. Yeah. I mean, truly, because you have to always be creatively thinking, what could I do to expand my business? What could I do to build more relationships? What could I do to help more people and give back to the community, therefore marketing myself so people know who the hell I am, sure. right? Yeah. So that that's part of like what I do too with, with the, the podcasting. I'm with that 501C now, I think I told you, yeah, where I'm doing educational workshops and you know that's like you 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 work half days 12 hour days <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? basically and, and a lot of weekends yeah um we're you know something in the very beginning i did a lot of weekends yeah. i'll tell you in all honesty now i grind monday through friday full Good. speed ahead 500 miles an hour and, and then Saturday and Sunday, I spend with the family. That's great. I, it just allows you to balance and take a moment. I've learned from my mentors, if you go, 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 and don't stop and at least smell the roses and spend time with your family, the girls and your you know little ones will be off to college before you know it. So, uh, Well, I have a feeling that if, not that it would happen, but if you lost everything, you could start over, man. Yeah. Because that's how it is. Once, you've, once you figure out how to be successful, make money, and understand what it takes – Sure. You'll always be able to do it. And I really, I get that uh, from you. And when I sat at the meeting, I loved that the first 10 minutes, you were coaching your team on people skills, not just sales skills, life skills. Mindset and motivation. Real life situations. And I, I was, I, I was, I told you, Alex, I want to come here once, once a month to to pump myself up. (laughs) And I I don't even sell real estate (laughs) because I also was talking about uh, Coach Peterson from the Eagles that he was at the Christ Fellowship uh, Church, and he was talking about a few things that people should do as well. One was create your own energy, right? Okay. Uh, you know, uh, a, I'm, I'm having a, a senior moment. All good, <laughs> creating create energy. Create your own energy. Um, do away with distractions, number two. Because that's the thing. When you're focused on your own business, you have to not watch TV, go to bars and drink for five hours. You know, you yeah. have to stay focused. So get rid of the distractions, it's true. the negative naysayers. Yeah. Number three, he said, have no fear. Yeah. Because let's face it, entrepreneurs have no fear. That's right. We're sometimes almost too stupid to know reality. <laughs> and that's a good thing. It you know, we don't think it. like, oh, my God, if I do this, it might not work. And what if I do this? That might not work. And what if I do everything? Nothing will work. <laughs> Shut up. Put your head down and go. Oh, and the last thing that coach peterson said was attack everything yeah so you have no fear create your own uh energy get rid of the distractions have no fear and attack everything which is what you do that meeting you were talking about you talked about vision plan action success everybody there was motivated to do something absolutely right yeah. and all you were doing was talking about different uh, properties that came up but how to go about it and they're networking as well. So you're teaching them not to be 
a normal, regular realtor. You're teaching Correct. them to think outside the box. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how I never heard of making more than 6% until I sat at your meeting and you said, well, they're private deals. Why should I limit myself? I'm providing an extraordinary service. Sure. I'm limited as a fiduciary. I typically manage accounts, you know, they're 1%, one, up to one and a half. I don't get the one and a half. I'm, I'm typically between three quarters to one. Everything else is pre, there's no way I could say, hey, Joe, if I make you 40%, I'm gonna take 10. Okay. Not in my business. Got it. So I think it's great because you are providing a value. Yeah. You're not listing something. You're not bringing a bunch of tire kickers, and yep. you're not going on the beach sipping Mai Tais yeah. hoping that someone else sells your deal. Exactly You're right. in a moving business. Oh, yeah. And and just reiterating, like agreeing with you, yeah. I train my, my agents within the first four seconds of a conversation how to vet a client and understand if they have money to do a deal or if they're going to waste time. Because <laughs> our, our time is, I'm serious. In four I mean, seconds? Absolutely. Within four seconds of a call, one of my agents, if you call them, they're yeah. going to know this guy can do a deal or this guy's going to waste time. Well, how do you do that? Do you because get... I've learned over the years yeah. there's similarities on people that are real that'll do a deal with you, mm -hmm. series of questions, things yes. that you come up and you, and you extract from them very quickly, listening to the client versus one that comes in doing things that you know they're not ready to go. So I, I have three questions that I normally have my client, my uh, agents ask. Number one, have you done a deal like this before? Number two, are you funded? Number three, when are you ready to go? If they start to, I'm just starting, I have a wish and a dream, in three, four months, I might do it when I break my lease here. That's obviously someone that you're not going right. to do business with now. So we just try to make sure our time is used to do deals because that's the only asset we have at the end of the day. It's like our bank account. So vetting the client, super important, okay. and then providing extraordinary value, more so than other firms, and doing things that are not normal. Like we have a building that a client wants. Uh, it, this was a deal he wanted a million to. Okay. Cost per square foot for that building was only worth eight hundred grand on a good day, all day. That's okay. all it was worth. All right. So what do you do with that gap? Now, normally, someone would either say, "Well, it's a million to just sign here and list it." They'll never sell the building. What we do differently is we take a look at the whole thing and and spend time, energy, and effort to bring more value. We call it the art of alchemy. <laughs> turning okay. a, a, a back in the day, you guys can Google this. You know, it's turning a piece of metal into gold. What doesn't exist, creating that into value into a sale. How we did that was the rents in there were all under rent. This is a 10,000 square foot building, 1,000 square footer, flex warehouse space in Port St. Lucie. I went in, I told the owner, I said, listen, we've been trying. I've gotten, you know, New Yorkers that come down and my clients that do not want to pay your million two. I know you want that, but now it's time to change gears. He's like, what do you mean, Alex? He says, I'm taking over the building. I'll be the bad guy. Let me tell every tenant it's time to pay now rents, not what you paid seven years ago. Really? Month to month. Yep. And he knows them on first name basis, so he mm. didn't want to break the news to him. I said, no problem. It's just business. Told all the clients there, the tenants, <laughs> out of all of them, eight of them were okay. Two of them were like, no, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, you know, I'm, I, everybody's just trying to get rich on our rent. They said, no problem. They called another building, like four in the area. It got back to our office. Hey, us again. It's really that rate on this building. So once they figured out, you know, we're being real and honest with them, they're like, yeah. I don't want to move my business. Where do I sign? Increased all the rents. They still were more than fine, could afford it. But we bring that cash flow and that cap rate up to a million two, got it sold, owner's happy, made some fees on the but leasing. you brought the value. Yeah. See, no, you were thinking outside of the box. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's where it you works. make more money. Now, the, the interesting thing, look, the other phenomenon, because of COVID, how many 
yes, folks, damn New Yorkers like me. But I moved to Florida <laughs> so many years ago, I might as well be a Floridian. <laughs> Six boroughs. <laughs> exactly. And you can keep New York. I mean, I love you know, I, I love that I'm from there, but it's cold, the taxes are high, and people are, are grumpy. <laughs> so so they drive down to Florida and they become grumpy. But seriously, <laughs> because of COVID, you our governor never locked us down. Yeah. And I know he gets a lot of flack for it. I disagree. He understands uh, business. Yeah. It's not like he's a cold-hearted person, but because of his um, you know, his strategies and philosophy, so many New Yorkers, not just New York, from other states came yeah. to Florida. Oh, yeah. So isn't yeah. that true that in the last two years, that's made it explode even more? Huge, huge. So my um, the major states that I have an influx to the tune yeah. of about, a, there's about, a, it was 1,100 a day coming just from New York to Florida to buy property, not just commercial, but residential. So you've got that, New Jersey, California, Washington. They were moving here a they're, day. Yeah, they're moving here, and then they're okay. buying commercial real estate. Okay. And then the larger groups, like Florida, Palm Beach especially, is going to be the new Wall Street as well. All the financial firms that were in, in New York have now liquidated. They're moving down here. Oh, good. I get a lot of private equity guys. I live in, uh, have an office in Palm Beach County, get, so. <laughs> yeah, get ready. They're you know already positioning down here. So it's creating huge opportunity. Weather's good. Tax situation, yes. much better. No state tax. No state tax. No city tax. Um, the cost of living is great in terms of what we you're We still getting. have lunatics who drive we on do. the road. <laughs> we can't fix that. In fact, the CDC called, folks. You don't have to keep coming to Florida. It's safe to stay where you are. Um <laughs> You know, COVID restrictions have been lightened up here. But, no, it's true. Florida is an amazing I, – I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Nah, now, maybe that. I would like to have, uh, I don't know, a part-time place in, in Manhattan or maybe somewhere in California. But just to visit. Sure. Like maybe a few weeks out of the year. Yeah. Florida's great. I mean, think about it. People, people spend all this money to go on vacation. and We have beaches, parks. So much, I mean, in Central Florida, Northern Florida, you can go camping. And yes, uh, if you can stomach hurricanes from time to time, there's no other place like it. Yeah, no, it's And great. what's interesting is different parts of Florida, you think you're in a different state. The further north you go, the more uh, country, so to speak, yeah. it is. Yeah. And yeah. obviously the southern part, you have us damn New Yorkers taking up space, <laughs> complaining about everything. I'm just kidding, folks. I, I make fun of everybody, especially if you're a fellow New Yorker like me. Um, but it hasn't slowed down. Yeah. It hasn't. It's still coming. And it is. So that's why you think you still got a five-and-a-half-year run on the commercial side. Yeah, we're solid three to five years in the but commercial side. But on a residential, sector. I mean, how much more is this bidding up stuff going to keep – you know. So, I mean, nobody has crystal ball, but just historically right. when you're in the biz and you learn yeah. what, what how things go up, how they relate to the market, um, what you got to think about is the amount of people moving down. They're eating up all the inventory. Yes. So prior to COVID, we had a surplus of inventory. Prices were actually supposed to drop. When COVID hit, all the people said, all right, we're out of these states. Right. <laughs> we're moving to Florida. We're going so, to Florida. So not only did they buy up all the inventory, they created a demand that was just like through the roof. So now the national builders are like, all right, it's time to open the faucet and start building in massive droves. So I get contacted almost every other day from national builders. One is, uh, I won't name names, but they usually want 200 units and above on the land that they purchase. So I said it before, I'll say it on record. This year we'll close more large land tracts that will get us to that 100 million this year 
than there's ever been sold on any past year. So that's going to be your sweet years. spot, the land deals. Yes, the large land plays we're going to sell more of than we've ever sold. And that's Is gonna it bring because they the... have higher potential? Say, so, hey, if I own a land, I can build whatever I want there, Well, depending on where how it's zoned. Yeah, so the zoning, super important on the zoning. It's because of the demand of the demand of housing, the demand of you know additional infrastructure to support mm. the bigger groups like Amazon coming into our market, the Wave Garden. That's a half a billion dollar. Didn't project. you say Amazon was going to build in Fort Pierce? There, right on Midway Road, <laughs> oh, Fort Pierce, geez. next to the Wave Garden, which is a half a billion dollar project. It's like Disney World coming in. So when that comes into a market, what happens is there's a trickle effect that just spikes that whole area. So these builders know that, and they're setting up shop for everybody that's going to support that in terms of jobs, growth, restaurants, etc. Dude, you're you're such a visionary. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm excited because you see it. <laughs> And yeah. I've, I've only learned from my mentors and applied it and tweaked it over the years, and, and it's Don't exciting. Don't make me flip professions, man. Nah, no. man, you're welcome. You're welcome on board anytime, man. Your, your energy is contagious in a good way, well, too, Well, you know man. what? I certainly will refer people to you because that's the thing, and and I, I'm so happy to have you here on a podcast. Because Great I, to be here. I have different guests for, you know, for different reasons, and real estate is something. Look, isn't it true that most of the richest people out there got it from real estate? Yeah. You know, yeah, there was those who made their own tech companies and they're from Silicon Valley. But for the last hundred years, a lot of people have made their fortunes on buying and selling real estate, mostly commercial, not yeah. too much residential. Sure. I mean, there are some sweet spots. But uh, and so, folks, if you're interested, I would I would say give Alex a call. He's got a great team. Just know that he's not going to kick tires. Yeah, no, we or, don't play or, around. Or list something. He's in the he's in the moving business, not the uh, storage business, and I think that's great. You know, hearing you, you're part of the minority because not many realtors are doing this. Yeah, it's because true. Because they can't. If you don't have the buyers, how can you do that? Right. You can't. So for if you're out there looking to sell your residential home, you, you might want to think about it before you list it because. But they can also maybe do a selling agreement for 45 days and see if that works out, right? Sure, sure, yeah. So yeah. The, the marketing agreements we do are, are no more than six months when we do a marketing agreement. Okay. Um, and, and what I tell... I'm surprised you go know, that long. It, it's funny that I have clients that are like, you know, all right, where's the one-year agreement with the extension, <laughs> automatic one-year extension? This is on the commercial the, or the... So, okay, so... <laughs> There's residential <laughs> folks out there, no offense, residential folks, where there's a one-year agreement where it's locked yeah. up and then a one-year auto renew after that. Ah. So when a client asks, you know, how long is your agreement for? Is it one year? And I said, no, it's six months. We're either going to sell that thing in six months or we don't have business listing it. And then we take a different approach where we sometimes won't even do that. We do a fee agreement and just get to work. See, I'm not as crazy buyers. as I think I am because the last properties that I was involved in, I, I did it like that. Yeah. I said, listen, yeah. I don't. It's fair. I'm not interested in this locking up stuff. No, nah. no. And you know, it's inter it's interesting because a lot of what I do, clients, you know, I ask a lot of questions too, and it's it's not it's not really that 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 I think I'm going to be wasting time. I want to get to the chase with clients, and it's true. If they have no idea what they want or where they're going, chances are they're not going to be able to make a decision. To better themselves, never mind me or my commissions. Or it's not about that. Correct. So then uh, I try and educate them as much as I can, so that they can maybe uh, get more motivated to take action. There's a lot of people in the retirement, they want to wait six months before they're going to retire before they plan, and that never made any sense to me. But it happens. 
So I try and ask as many questions as I can to get to the chase because if, if they're not broken, I don't want to fix them. I certainly, I would say 90%, I, I, I was asked this recently, 90% of my clients became clients at the first meeting. <laughs> awesome. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's a weird uh, uh, thing that happens that way because we just, you know, we, we meet for 15 minutes and it turns into an hour and a half. And we're like, oh my God, I can't believe. But all we were doing was asking each other many questions. Sure. Yeah. And I answered them and, and you know, we, we stressed upon the fact that they're serious about what they want to do. And I got that from our conversation. So that's why it was longer than 15 minutes. Sure. Got it. If they sat there and go, hey, I just want a couple of questions about investing and I want you to answer. I said, great, sure. Let's talk about that. And then we're off and we're done. But if someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm really, I, got a, I have a problem or I'm really concerned about retiring. And let me tell you what I'm concerned about. Then the conversation starts. And then I impress upon them that I try and be like Henry Ford. I surround myself around people that are smarter and more efficient than I. See, my company has great partners. It's not just me. Sure. Yeah. They're gonna. Yeah, you got a They're gonna team. get fund managers that uh, are on CNBC most every week. They're gonna get health people and different teams, and that's what you have as well. Yeah. So that's good great that team. you're you're teaching them to to ask the questions, and it's not about. It's not like a retail store. Don't, don't you love when you walk into a store or a car lot and they go, hey, are you looking to buy today? I mean, what kind of question is that? <laughs> Actually, no, I, I had nothing to do and I thought I'd walk into your store. I'm here and for the takeout I'm food. Here for the take- Where's the I man? heard you were giving a blender away if I came in and asked you enough questions. So I, I would never ask you know something crazy like that. But it is a, it is a good question to say, have you done this before? Sure. Uh, and and are, how how close are you in the decision process? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. There are some people that I meet that don't become clients till later, but they're really, really, really the minority. And the reason why is this is interesting because you're a self-motivated guy and you understand that everything that we do, you and I, and we're in similar businesses, um, it's about communications and it's about really connecting with somebody sure. that they know, oh my God, I found my guy. And when it comes to real estate, Alex is going to be there for me, not only with this, but my friends and other people I know. And, and that's how it is. Like when they meet me and, and, and my team, that's why I say it's about at least 90%. Because the other thing is people procrastinate. And that's, that's the first recipe for failure when you cannot make a decision. Sure. For your own better self. And and your market moves so quick. The deal you have today may be gone in a few weeks. Yep. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Because Same you with the, the buyer or the seller. Yeah. Right. If they're hot enough. Yep. If they're hot enough. Residentials, I don't know if it works the same, but it looks like I know on the, the partners that I have with the 1031s and the op zones, those deals are gone in a week a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Because the caps are good. They're institutionally managed, uh, and you know they they eat up quick. And once the inventory's gone, it's gone. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. is 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 inventory a problem now on a commercial side? Absolutely. Yeah. Really. We have, have more buyers and more money in the market right now than uh, inventory than product. So then, what property. do you do? Do you maybe 
Well, you buy up? No, good question. So, you know, and, and by the way, you ask better questions than anybody in the tax and financial space that I could think of. <laughs> and the fact that you, like you told me you're doing 1031 stuff in the opportunity mm-hmm. zones. Yeah. A lot of professionals, folks, don't even know what that means. They don't. You need to call Denny. <laughs> he's a solid guy, knows what he's talking about. So um, anyways, I didn't mean to get off track. No, no. On the, on the inventory, what I do, I've been doing this so long that the off-market deals we're creating through relationships. So right. it was someone that maybe five years ago, I already had a relationship with. And he's like, Alex, I won't sell now, but when the time is right, well, the time is right. Time I gave him right. a call. Hey, Mr. Smith, I wor- I'm working with a 1031 buyer. What are your thoughts on selling? Well, Alex, the typical question we get is, I don't know what it's worth. Um, and and I, what I, we do is we underwrite property. So we do a mini, a mini uh, appraisal. Okay. Uh, we charge clients $500 for that if they're not listing a deal with us or they're not doing a deal with us. Okay. Um, just because, some again, time is money. And so if we're going to, you're going to extract our brain and we give you everything you need on that you appraisal. You don't do other states, do you? No, just Florida. Okay. And like typically for that kind of building example, you know, we'll charge 500 It's usually like three grand to get a regular appraisal done, a commercial one. So it's valuable for okay. them. And they can use that for what they may want to do. But what I do is I, if the owner doesn't know the price, I'll say, well, listen, I'll underwrite it for you and get you a broker to pay you value report. It gives you exactly in black and white the strike price, and we're about 70, 75 grand of a real strike price on the sales. That's just doing it long enough in terms of what we market at and then leaving room for negotiating and then what that seller gets. So we're, the accuracy is, is, is on point. And then if, if we're good there and the owner's like, hey, this number makes sense, it's, you know, let's do it, then we go to work. If they're like, oh, we want this much more, right. then I go back to the drawing board to see if I can create that value in the form of increasing rents, et cetera. If it's not there, I leave the, the door open with the owner. Listen, I know you want $3 million, It's worth $2 million, and that's what I can get it done for you now. When you're ready, give me a call. No problem. But the inventory that we're lacking, I'll usually reach out to relationships I have over the 17 years to bring that to the table. And then the off-market stuff is is through a larger network throughout Florida, just people that we've done business with, keep okay. the word golden, nobody snaking each other, keeping things straightforward. That group becomes real tight. So someone I have on the West Coast or in Miami or up north, we know we've done, we've broken ice, so to speak. We know that we can but trust all the, each other. But all those buyers are liquid. They're ready to go oh, yeah. as soon as yeah. they see the deals. There's hundred, you know, hundreds so of million dollars coming to Florida. The other right question now. is those properties on, because people can look up commercial properties on LoopNet, right? Is yes. that the site? Yes. Are they ready to go on LoopNet? I mean, are they officially listed or? The deal, a lot of the private deals, you, you'll never see them. You'll never net. see on LoopNet. No. Of course, because they don't want to list it. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got like. So the yeah. LoopNet's. They're under contract and they're listed. They're listed. There's yeah. a, a realtor waiting for someone to buy it. Yeah. So so LoopNet is like our version as commercial brokers for the MLS. Like okay. in comparison, we don't use MLS mm-hmm. in, in terms of commercial real estate. Okay. You know, um, it's just it's been more successful to put a buyer in a in a commercial deal in the right space. Houses is for MLS, buildings for a LoopNet. When you cross them over, it becomes confusing, and you have the <laughs> wrong buyers trying to get the wrong deal. Um, so yeah, the deals on LoopNet typically are, are mm-hmm. listed. Uh, the deals we do are both on LoopNet, and then they're off market. If they're off market, it's straightforward from my desk to you. If you're the one with the money, mm-hmm. and then if you don't want that deal, we have another buyer that we'd show it to. So it's like a club. You know, we, okay. we kind of break ice and know that you're solid, that you've already closed deals with us. There's no, you know, does he have funds to do a deal, etc. We then just give you first pick after doing business together. No. We started talking because my business has has done very well the last two years. That's why I formed my own company, and I, I partnered up with CPAs because the the taxation focus is a big focus of mine. That's why 
I, I teach people the optimal time it takes Social Security, how to you know deal with all their accounts so they pay the least amount of taxes. But when I learned about the 1031s and the op zones, I went, oh my God, this has been around for about a hundred over a hundred years. The 1031s. Oh, and, sure. yeah. and few people really understand. So folks, it's on the commercial side, but any rental property, you could you could have homes that you're renting that you've owned, or a business that your parents have that you know, they started from scratch, but now they want to give it to their kids, and it's worth $10, 15000000 million. But <laughs> if they sell it, they're going to have to pay the taxes. So the 1031 allows them to defer it forever, and then their kids get a step up when they pass away. Now, of course, you're subject to estate tax issues because it, it still counts. But the simple fact is, you know, I, I, I have someone now that I'm helping that um, – <laughs> his CPA, who uh, CPA likes me now because he didn't know. Uh, this is a CPA, folks. He sold this property, but because he sold it as a as a K one and not a ten ninety nine, we were able to get more than the six months, and we're going to do an opportunity zone because you can file it uh, the next you know following year when he does his taxes, and then six months beyond that. That's awesome. Now, the difference is, you know, the 1031 is is real estate property, but an opportunity zone, it can be anything. You could you could have a collection of cars, a stock portfolio, something like that. Uh, oh, I hear the beep. Does that mean the fries are done, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going overtime, folks. But anyway, look, I've enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed your message. I hope people call you, and certainly uh, you're doing phenomenal. A self-made man. How many people can say they started from scratch and their company's going to do $100 million in sales this year? This is going to be your best year, isn't it? It is. feels yeah. good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a journey. <laughs> you're going to enjoy it for about, what, 15 minutes? That's it, and then back <laughs> and to the deals. you're going to start maybe on a Saturday, Sunday? <laughs> yeah, Saturday, Sunday with the fam, then back to the grind. Well, listen, yeah. when you have, uh, I'll help you invest the excess capital. I know, Tony. Uh, Let's do it. A lot of realtors do not understand how they need to pay themselves because they're making this money. Yeah. They can do a defined benefit plan. They can do a set IRA. Pay yourselves, folks. Or if you like to just pay the IRS, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> but the choice is yours. The, the more you pay yourself, the less you pay the IRS. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, what is that uh, Forrest Gump question? Or, you know, are you stupid or something? <laughs> Would you like to pay more or less in taxes? <laughs> yeah. Trick yeah. question. You have five seconds to answer, Jim. Uh, no, just being, uh, being funny, folks. But uh, it's a great market. I can't wait to see what this year finishes up and next year. And come back and talk again, man. And uh, so, absolutely. Thank you folks, for having me. Uh, Alex Rodriguez is always a great guest. We're becoming friends with each other, and we're certainly co-mingling clients and, and referring right. people to each other. Yeah. So I hope you all having a great day. Try not to watch too much news. I, I didn't purposely talk about what's going on right now because yeah, I mean, try and stay positive as much I'm as same. I can because yeah. I can't change what's going on right now. Of course not. No. Uh, all of you that are listening, it's it's it's. February uh, 24th, yeah, and uh, there's some turbulent things happening, and, and it's terrible. But um, we have to all wake up and try and do the best that we can every day. Sure. So thanks yeah. for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Denny Artachi Show.